Hey, welcome to the Live Room Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Heather Knezic. As a mama of three, a labor and delivery nurse, a birth educator, and a mama who's been there, my goal is to help you find your way to an empowered, confident birth and beyond. So get comfy, snuggle in with a nice cup of iced coffee or decaf, and hang out with me and other moms in the same stage of life as we talk about all the tea. Here, we will share real life experiences, dive deep into important, fun, and sometimes hard topics while always dishing out actionable step-by-step methods, tips and tricks, mom hacks, and golden nuggets that you'll be glad you heard here. From trying to conceive, pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, and the baby stage, we're going to dig into all the nitty gritty, the down and dirty, the real life, no sugarcoating good stuff that you've been looking for on your journey to and through motherhood. Because mama, labor doesn't end in the delivery room. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Labor Room Podcast. This is episode 11. Today's topic is one of my most frequently requested topics to talk about. We're diving into ways to manage your labor pains and rock your birth like the boss you are. And if you're thinking, um, Heather, I'm not a boss when it comes to pain. I'm actually a total wuss and I cannot even begin to imagine myself rocking my labor pains. Well, that's okay. This episode is still for you because everyone has some level of discomfort in their labor process, whether it's in the beginning, before you get your epidural, at the end when labor becomes so strong that it breaks through the epidural coverage, or throughout labor as you choose to go unmedicated throughout the process. But in any case, you can and absolutely should plan for ways that you can get through the discomforts of labor and delivery without suffering. That's my whole thing. Like, if you can get through without suffering through your labor and birth experience, you're winning. We all feel some degree of pain. So I don't necessarily advocate for having a pain free birth. Um, And we'll dive into that a little bit more during the episode, but instead of gearing up and planning for and setting this ultimate goal of having a pain-free birth, let's set goals to have a suffering-free birth where when you do experience pain, you know how to handle it and how to manage it and what you can do with your body, what you can do with your breath, what you can do with your support person that can really benefit your labor and make you feel like everything is going right even if and when you feel pain. The thing about labor is that it's so much more than just managing your pain. Pain management is for sure one of the most talked about, thought about, and planned for parts of labor, but it's not everything. Having a plan for a water birth is great, but what are you going to do when you're not in the water or when you actually don't enjoy the water as much as you thought you would? Having a plan for an epidural is great, but what are you going to do before you can get the epidural, while you wait for the epidural, or if the epidural doesn't work like you thought that it would? Just suffer? I hope not. So these are the tips that I think everyone can use and try when you feel 
the discomforts in your labor and birth that you're not comfortable with and that you would like to decrease or manage in a way that decreases your suffering. So I want you to plan for managing your sensations when you feel them and not fear the possibility that your plan A won't work out because I'm about to give you 17 more things that you can try. If there's one thing that I'm asked about more than anything else, being a labor and delivery nurse, it's what tips do I have to successfully manage labor pains? Pregnant mamas often worry about the pain of childbirth more than anything else in their pregnancies. And I get it. Labor can be daunting, especially if you've never done it before and aren't sure what to expect. And honestly, labor is painful no matter how many times you've done it before. New and experienced moms alike need a little strategy when it comes to managing labor pain. Whether your goal is to have an unmedicated childbirth or you're just trying to get through early labor before heading to the hospital, these are the tips that actually work. And please don't be fooled. I don't want you to go into labor expecting to have a pain-free childbirth. Please don't believe the people on the internet that try to convince you that if you simply want to have a calm, confident birth and you believe that you'll give birth without pain, that it's going to be a reality. It's most likely not going to happen the way you think about that. Pain is probably going to be a part of your labor. It's suffering that doesn't have to be. Trust me. Having a pain-free birth only happens for less than 1% of women, and a lot of factors come into play. Of course, having lots of preparation, mentally and physically, is a huge part of it, but also pain tolerance, pain perception, environment, fears, complications, length of labor, and what their definition of pain is. All of that can play a role in their quote-unquote pain-free birth. And it does happen sometimes. It's technically possible to not experience pain while your cervix is dilating, your uterus is contracting, and a seven-ish, eight-ish pound baby is exiting your body out of your vagina. Yep, possible. But likely, maybe not. And maybe we shouldn't set that goal for ourselves that allows us to feel disappointed or discouraged when for some reason or another, it doesn't work out that way. If you believe that you can have a pain-free birth and then you start laboring and experiencing pain, you're going to feel discouraged and scared because you were unprepared for how to manage the very real and very intense discomforts that come with childbirth. How about we prepare to have really intense sensations and when it's significantly less than what you expected, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Every pregnant woman should have a plethora of tools in her pain management arsenal before heading into labor. Don't go unarmed. It doesn't matter if you're planning to get an epidural at some point. If you plan on laboring, you should plan on having to manage your contraction pain for a period of time. Why? Because the hospital is probably not going to admit you after you've had your first contraction. You're going to have to manage your labor pains on your own for a while. Trust me, these are the tips you want to hear when getting through the toughest parts of labor. Not only have I seen countless unmedicated births with women who employed these techniques, but I was one of them twice. 
If you're looking to minimize your pain as naturally and easily as possible, this is what you've got to do. Number one, change positions. The worst thing that you can do is stay laying on your back or on your side throughout your entire labor. Not only is this not conducive of bringing baby down and progressing your labor, but it also isn't going to do anything for your pain. Try different positions to see which ones work best for your pain. You can try things like sitting on a birthing ball, squatting, lunging, leaning over a bed or a countertop, hanging on your partner, slow dancing with your partner, hands and knees, side lying with a peanut ball, sitting on a toilet, and you can incorporate different um, tools in these positions as well. Layer up the pillows or introduce a peanut ball or a birthing ball or a rebozo, which we'll talk about later. In these different positions, you don't have to be on your own and you can even snuggle with your partner. I remember with my third birth, labor started kind of like after my kid's bedtime. So I don't know, around 8, 8.30 PM. And I wanted to start out the process in the tub. I wanted to see if it was, you know, early labor or false labor. And so I wanted to see if warm water and relaxation would, um, kick these contractions out. And so that's what I did first. I got into the tub and I was changing positions in the tub, trying to get comfortable there. And then when I got tired, like physically tired, like I wanted to sleep and it was getting later in the night, I was thinking, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to bed. So I got dressed like in my pajamas, got comfortable and told my husband, like, let's snuggle in bed. And I had my large pregnancy pillow in front of me and my husband behind me. And that support that I had while laying on my side was like huge, huge pain relief, but it could not have lasted that way throughout active labor. That's just where I was most comfortable in early labor. And as we'll talk about that changes as labor progresses. And as you realize this plan A is no longer working. And you're going to see that a lot throughout your pain management techniques and strategies as you go. So that leads me to number two, which is keep moving. The best thing that you can do for your labor progression and also your labor pain is to keep moving. And I'm not asking you to go on a hike or anything like that. All I'm asking is that your body is in motion. You can try simple movements to help relax you, like walking and pacing, slow dancing with your partner, rocking your hips, swaying, or just actively choosing to get out of this position or get out of this specific environment if you're still home and move to a different environment. You can stay moving in almost any position. So if you're most comfortable on your hands and knees, you can rock your hips side to side during and in between contractions. And this can act as a distraction and a coping mechanism. And then if you've been really comfortable in bed for a long time, or just maybe not comfortable, but feel strong and safe in the bed, but you feel like labor is either stalling or the discomforts are getting more intense and maybe it's not working so well, you can employ the same pain management techniques, but just in a different location. You can even do that in a hospital setting. As long as you are able to get out of bed, which means 
you don't have an epidural, you have either intermittent monitoring or wireless monitoring, then you can move from the bed to the bench, to the chair, to the birthing ball, to the toilet, to the shower, and say your favorite coping technique is massage, you can use massage in all of those different positions. If your favorite coping technique is counter pressure, you can use counter pressure in all of those different locations. So like I said, number two is keep moving. All right, mamas, let's take a quick break so I can tell you about the Empowered Birth Academy. The Empowered Birth Academy is a comprehensive birth course that is going to cover everything that a hospital birth course would cover for you, but there's a whole other dimension to it, and you get to learn not only what you need to know, but what you want to know. In EBA, you'll have the opportunity to dive into ways that you can advocate for yourself and empower yourself to make good decisions and take action when things aren't going your way or they aren't happening the way you thought or hoped that they would. After completing this recorded course in the comfort of your own bed, you'll not only be well-versed in Labor 101, Birth 101, and Postpartum 101, but you'll also be able to dive deeper into expert and advanced strategies that will help you achieve your goals during your birth and postpartum experience. In this course, you'll be guided through your options so that you can start to figure out what kind of birth you want and how to achieve it. The Empowered Birth Academy is here to educate you, yes, but even more so to empower you and motivate you to have the birth that you've always wanted and dreamed of. The one where you can feel calm, confident, prepared, and ready to birth this baby into the world and have it be a memory that you are happy to look back on and not one where you cringe at the thought. Birth shouldn't feel like just a means to an end, like it's something that you have to go through to get to the other side. Instead, it's an experience, and honestly, it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. No matter how many babies you'll have or have had, you only get to birth this baby once, and forever this will be their birth story. We plan for a whole lot less, from weddings to extravagant birthday parties. Labor is something that you get to do once for this baby and something that you only have the opportunity to do maybe a handful of times in your life. I'd say it's pretty important to prepare and plan for this life event to make it the happiest, healthiest, and easiest birth possible. I'd love to help. Check out the Empowered Birth Academy and use the coupon code THELABORROOM to get $50 off your course. Just visit www.alifeinlabor.com E-B-A or click the link in the show notes to feel confident and ready to have your best birth. Number three is breathe and hear me out. I know you're like, breathe. Yeah, I know. I always am going to be breathing. Like that's not helpful, but it is because sometimes intense pain can cause us to hold our breath. And this is not what you want to do during labor. No matter what type of breathing you're comfortable with, any breathing is better than holding your breath during contractions, which unfortunately is sometimes what you'll instinctually do because it's what you've always done in the past when in any other kind of pain. So when you've stubbed your toe, when you, you know, I don't know, had any other pain, maybe you had a kidney stone. I've had kidney stones and I would definitely compare that pain to, um, Honestly, I've said before that I think it's worse than labor pain. Um, You like grit your teeth and bear it. Hold your breath. You know what I mean? And so throughout your life, you've always just instinctively held your breath 
in order to manage pain or make the pain go away, but that is not what we're doing in labor. I see breath holding all of the time in women who mostly were unprepared for the pain of labor and they don't necessarily have relaxation and coping techniques in their tool belt. They try to hold their breath to distract themselves or somehow pull away from the pain, but it doesn't work. Don't do it. Holding your breath or hyperventilating like short, quick breaths reduces your baby's oxygen supply and can lead to poor outcomes. So with that being said, many labor and birth courses go over breathing in great detail, and you might be practicing your breathing every night in preparation for labor. But you know what? In my experience, there is no one breathing technique that's better than another. As long as you focus and remember to keep taking long, deep breaths through and between contractions, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. Number four, I mentioned it already, counter pressure. Counter pressure is an incredible thing. I had no idea how essential counter pressure was going to be to my labor until I was doing it. I needed my husband to apply counter pressure on my hips and my tailbone for every single contraction throughout active labor for that second birth of mine. There are amazing counter pressure techniques that seriously work in taking away some of the labor pain you'll be experiencing. So have your partner learn what he can do with his hands to make you more comfortable with every single contraction. And pro tip, you can actually use a tennis ball on your back to provide counter pressure without a whole lot of effort. Your partner can place the tennis ball on your back where you're feeling pain or pressure and push lightly as he moves in small circles on the area. This is a super simple way to apply counter pressure without using all of his strength like other counter pressure methods require. But I will say, Sometimes the other methods that require like his actual physical palms on your body and lots of strength from his arms, um, sometimes that works better, but using a tennis ball or a stress ball or something like that can be helpful if, you know, your partner needs a break, his arms are exhausted or someone else comes in to take over for your partner, um, you can use the tennis ball trick as a backup. Number five is massage. Massage will most likely be reserved for early labor, but many women find that massage during active and transitional labor can be overstimulating or even annoying. But in early labor, it can help relax you and bring you to center between contractions. Talk to your partner or your doula about what type of massage might benefit you the most. Number six might be surprising and it's to make noise, but hear me out because not all noises are created equal, but the good news is those moans aren't for nothing. Low tone vocalizations can help in many ways throughout your labor. They can act as a distraction for you, be used as something to focus on throughout contractions, relax the muscles in your abdomen and pelvis, ease labor pain, and help progress labor. Yep, you heard that right. Making low-key noises such as groaning and moaning can actually help manage your pain and help facilitate labor progression. Keep in mind that not all noises are created equal. Like I said, high-pitched noises such as screaming can actually have the opposite effect and make you feel out of control and tense your muscles, preventing labor progression and increasing pain. 
You won't know what noises will come naturally to you until you're in it, but just keep in mind that low noises that allow you to relax your jaw are best. Number seven is relaxation techniques. When you begin to feel pain, you might involuntarily start tensing and tightening your muscles. Unfortunately, tension leads to more pain and a longer labor. So focus on relaxation with each contraction. Think about each individual muscle group throughout your body and let them go one by one. Start with your face and move down all the way to your toes. When your contraction begins, consciously relax your forehead, then your cheeks, then your jaw, then your neck, then your shoulders. Do you see where I'm going? By the time you reach your toes, your contraction will be over. If you can't focus long enough to get through each muscle group this way, then just focus on relaxing your hands, brows, jaw, and pelvic floor. These areas are the most important to keep you relaxed throughout your labor. Not only does relaxing your muscles promote your labor progression, but it's another form of distraction and pain relief. So win-win. Number eight is music. Music is one of the best ways to help you relax and take your mind to a place where you can retreat away from what is going on around you, especially in a busy and noisy hospital room. Create a labor playlist and have it ready on a portable Bluetooth speaker that you can take with you to the hospital. The mistake that I see a lot is that we rely on our partner's phones or even our phones to give us our playlist, but then there's either vibrating from text messages or pauses when you get a phone call. And that can just be more distracting and uncomfortable and annoying when you hear that pause in your playlist when it was really, you know, vibing with you. So my recommendation is to get an external speaker that's not your phone, not your partner's phone, and maybe even bring your AirPods or earphones um, to be able to really focus in on your music and have that audio stimulation, I guess, to help bring you into the zone and, um, keep you focused on the other techniques that you're working on. All right. Number nine is kind of in like a similar train of thought, which is aromatherapy. Essential oils are an excellent way to help manage your labor. You can use your diffuser at home or bring it into your hospital room to maintain a relaxing environment. Lavender and frankincense oils are often used to help you relax and manage labor pains, but obviously this isn't going to be like a one best labor tip that helps you decrease your labor pain altogether, but it's something that contributes to your environment. I always tell my students to think about all five of their senses when creating a labor environment that helps you feel relaxed and safe and comfortable. Um, And obviously smell is one of your five senses and it's not something that should be neglected during your labor. You're focusing a lot on touch. And a lot of people focus a lot on the visual sense when they dim the lights, they bring in candles or twinkly lights, they, you know, put up affirmations around them, but sometimes the sense of smell is overlooked. So I highly, highly recommend getting some sort of aromatherapy in the room with you. And the bonus to this is that sometimes labor and birth can be smelly. Not that that's a bad thing, but there's a lot going on and there's a lot of different fluids, including amniotic fluid, blood, 
And you can think of other fluids that might come up in your labor and birth as well. And for some women, and take it from me as a labor and delivery nurse, for some women, when they smell something that's a familiar smell that is maybe embarrassing or to some people mortifying, um, they smell that and then now they're pulling back and they're like, oh no, no, no. Like this is not happening to me. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed, right? They're thinking these things and now that is a distraction for them and they are no longer focused on their labor. They're no longer focused on what they were doing, their breath, right? They're focusing on this uncomfortable smell that's in the room. So again, take it from me. I see it all the time. You do not want to smell necessarily all of those natural smells of labor and birth. And it might be helpful if you have some lavender and frankincense going in the room, at least for part of that labor and birth process. And then you can turn it off. Like I did. I turned off any, um, aromatherapy, um, once the baby was born so that, you know, there wasn't any interference there with babies smelling me. Um, but during labor and birth, that is super essential. Okay. Moving on to number 10, which is a really big one is to use water. Did you know that water therapy is said to be as effective as IV narcotics for labor pain? It's that good. Water can do wonders for your pain in labor. Warm water helps relieve tension and allows you to focus on the warmth of the water rather than the pain of the contraction. It also stimulates your body to produce endorphins, which in turn promotes relaxation. The great news is you've got options. You can soak in the tub, stand in the shower, or use the shower head to focus the water on your belly or your back. My personal experience proves to me that water is certainly magic in labor. I stood in the shower for a period of time during active labor, and it really helped me get through those tough contractions. I highly recommend using the bath or shower if you're struggling to manage your labor pains. Number 11 is focus. Okay, so outside distractions while you're trying to concentrate on your pain management techniques can be infuriating for a laboring mom. So do your best to create a space that allows you to focus on only your body and your baby. So like I mentioned with the environment and all the five senses, I want you to dim the lights, close the curtains, turn on your labor playlist, and ask that all unnecessary conversations be left outside of your room. If too many people are around you causing distraction, this can quickly begin to agitate you and set you into a spiral of frustration and helplessness. So make sure that you only have essential visitors during labor and that they understand how to help you focus on what you're doing and not get in the way of your methods. Number 12 is use affirmations. Birth affirmations are a great way to stay positive and remember why you're doing what you're doing. Hanging birth affirmation cards around your room or having your partner read them to you can help minimize your fear and keep you motivated. Birth affirmations don't have to be anything specific, although you can buy birth affirmation cards to make you feel like a birthing warrior. You can also just talk to your partner about what you think will be the most helpful to hear during the hard parts of your labor. 
Number 13 is the rebozo. I mentioned this one earlier too. A rebozo is a pain relief tool traditionally used in Mexican culture. A rebozo is a long, thin woven fabric that is used on your body to help move your body and your belly in strategic ways that can help minimize pain and optimize baby's position. You can buy a rebozo on Amazon, or you can even use a makeshift rebozo by finding a sheet or other long, thin fabric that can do the trick. You'll need someone with you that's willing to help you use it though. It's not something that you can really implement on your own. So before labor begins, make sure that you're learning different rebozo tricks that you can try in labor for situations like when your provider tells you that your baby might be OP or sunny side up, when you're having back pain, when your labor starts to slow down or stall, or simply when you need a little help with the pain. Number 14 is use hot and cold. I see hot packs on the lower back help immensely from early labor all the way through transition, and ice packs can also help decrease pain sensations with a numbing effect. My suggestion is to use hot packs on your lower back or warm packs on your lower abdomen, but when you become too hot or you need to cool down, place a cool washcloth with a couple of drops of peppermint oil onto the cloth on your back or neck to help cool you down and distract you and allow that tingling sensation to be a distraction to the pain. Just be careful using extreme temperatures on your belly. If you're using hot or cold on your belly, make sure that you're using them in short bursts of time and with less extreme temperatures. On the other hand, using very hot or very cold on your back can be a huge relief. Number 15 is to eliminate fear. This should be number one. I believe with my entire being that the women who fear their labor pains are the women who have more pain. I see it all of the time. If you're scared of each contraction before it comes, you're going to be miserable. I can almost promise it. The women who do have those pain-free births are the ones that have eliminated the fear of labor, the fear of pushing, the fear of birth, and the fear of the sensations that she feels. She still feels her contractions. Those nerve endings have not just disappeared. They're still there. But as she feels them, she allows them to come. She welcomes them, breathes through them, moves with them, allows her body to respond to them as it naturally will, and lets them pass over her without pulling away or wishing them away. So try to prepare yourself for what labor is going to be like. If you have realistic expectations and understand that the pain will come, the pain will end, and the pain has purpose, you will do better because of it. Fear causes you to tense your muscles and your uterus is a muscle. Staying tense and always anticipating the next contraction will prevent your body from relaxing enough to do its job and dilate your cervix. So give up on all fear and surrender to the pain. The pain is the most purposeful pain in your body will ever go through. You should welcome each contraction as it comes and remember what it's doing for you rather than what it's doing to you. Number 16, be prepared. One of the best ways to eliminate fear is to be prepared. If you understand the labor and delivery process and can anticipate what it's going to happen next, you will be able to accept and manage your labor pain significantly better than if you went into labor not knowing what to expect. I highly recommend taking an informational prenatal birth course that will help you feel comfortable with labor and delivery. 
If you choose to get prepared by taking a birth course, you will come out of it understanding the process of labor and armed with a number of ways to manage your pain through every stage of labor. My birth course, the Empowered Birth Academy, will not only prepare you for what to expect, but it dives deep into all of these pain management strategies that we've gone over today, plus ones that we didn't have time for in this episode, and gives you step-by-step instructions on how you can implement them in your birth. Moving on to number 17, have a plan. Before labor starts, make sure that you've come up with a plan and filled your partner in on it as well. Your birth plan should be flexible and stay open-minded because labor and birth can be unpredictable beasts sometimes, but the plan is more than just a prediction for how your birth will go. It's a plan for what you will do, what you will try, what you want to avoid, and what you'll replace it with. And it's a tool that you get to use throughout your birth that helps you stay focused on your end goal. Although labor does not always turn out the way you planned it out, you should still have a plan A to keep you focused on what you hope to experience and what you hope to avoid. With a thoughtfully written out birth plan, you will feel confident in what you know and positive about what you can do to benefit your birth, your body, and your baby. Being a labor and delivery nurse, I see a lot of birth plans, some good, some not so good, and some where you could tell that it took them about two minutes to fill it out. But overall, I love them. I love when my patients come in with a plan and are educated about what they want and what they don't want and what they're going to do during their labor and why. If you need help writing your birth plan, you can download the birth plan blueprint for free. It'll give you some tips on how to write a good birth plan. I'll go ahead and put the link in the show notes for you guys. And keep in mind, I know that it's really, really popular to say things like birth preferences, but I have an entire episode on why you should be using the term birth plan and not birth preferences and why it really does matter. So I'm also going to link that episode for you in the show notes um, so that you can listen to it. Because if you're the type of person that's like, well, you know, plans don't always go as planned and, you know, I'm trying to be flexible. I love that for you. It's wonderful to be flexible. I'm totally on board with that, but please go listen to that episode. Okay, guys, last but not least, number 18 is support and encouragement. I'm telling you, having the right kind of support system can do amazing things for your labor experience. If you have someone by your side to support and encourage you throughout every contraction, you will find yourself more motivated to keep going. If your support person is telling you that you're a superwoman and you're the strongest person that they know and they're confident that you can do this, you're going to want to prove them right. It's so motivating. The right kind of support will inspire you and make you feel more brave. If your partner is informed and ready for this labor and birth process, it will make all the difference. Within the Empowered Birth Academy, you actually get bonus access to my support person mini course with it. It's a whole mini course geared directly to the support person and how they can effectively help and support you during your labor. So don't miss out on that one. So that wraps up the 18 things that will help you manage your labor pains like a boss. But remember, everyone is different. You may think now that some of these options are already going out the window and later find out that those were the ones that help you the most. At the same time, the techniques that you thought sounded right up your alley might be the things that you absolutely could not tolerate during labor. 
I can't tell you exactly what's going to work for you when it comes to managing your labor pain, but these 18 tips are sure to help. Don't be afraid to try new techniques, switch things up, and communicate with your team what is working and what isn't. I have every confidence in you. You can do this. Whatever goals you're setting for yourself during this pregnancy and for this labor, I know that you are perfectly capable to achieve them. Good luck. Let me know what worked by sending me a DM on Instagram at a life in labor. I love to hear your birth stories and even share them with the mamas who follow because your birth stories are always so motivating and encouraging, even when they don't go exactly according to plan. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to screenshot and share it with your friends and family by sharing it to your socials. The more we get the word out, the more mamas get to have an empowered birth and start their motherhood journey out in a positive way. Also, don't forget to leave a rating and review. Next week, I'll be choosing one winner from my reviews to win a course of their choice. Their winner will get instant access to either the Empowered Birth Academy, the Birth Plan Accelerator, Milky's Like You Mean It breastfeeding course, or Momming Like You Mean It baby care course. Speaking of winners, this week, my winner is Mariah Bray, who said, so helpful. I'm currently eight months pregnant. I have found all the episodes to be so helpful and informative as I have been preparing for an unmedicated hospital birth next month. Listening has even helped me think of questions that I have for my OB appointments. Congratulations, mama. DM me on Instagram to claim your course and good luck on your upcoming birth. You've got this. Thanks guys so much for tuning in. See you all next week. And there you have it, my friends. We just wrapped up an episode of the Labor Room Podcast, and I hope that you're leaving with some new insights and feeling fully capable in your unique motherhood experience. Now, if you loved what we've discussed here today and want to step further in creating your own personalized and empowering birth plan, I have a special gift for you called the Birth Plan Blueprint. This is a free PDF worksheet where inside you'll find invaluable tips on how to write a birth plan that will not only get read by your team, but also be easy to follow and most importantly, be truly relevant to you. This blueprint can guide you towards the birth experience that you're hoping for. To get your hands on the birth plan blueprint, simply head to alifeandlabor.com slash blueprint to download your free copy. I assure you this guide will provide you with practical and insightful tips to better prepare you for your journey. Thank you so much for joining me today, friend. See you in the next episode. The information you're providing is so powerful and so helpful to have an empowered and beautiful birth. I was so fearful of giving birth. I had only heard horror stories, so I really liked following your account because you really made me feel empowered and that I could have a really positive experience and confident and just knowing that this is what I was meant to do. It has given me confidence to be my biggest advocate in the delivery room. How easy it is to actually be empowered during our pregnancies and our labor and delivery stories and it helped me feel confident in my most recent pregnancy. Seeing you go from two boys to now a family of three kiddos, two boys and a girl, has sort of given me um, or inspired me, given me some motivation to get my family ready to possibly try for a third baby. And I don't think I would have had the birth experience I had without all of her advice and her help and her tips. You 
helped me so much through my pregnancy and birth, and I look forward to future ones because of you. A life in labor is so relatable, and every mom can get something out of it. Thank you, Heather, for posting relatable motherhood content in a positive and encouraging way. And knowing that I am not alone on this crazy journey called motherhood.